I am unashamed. What about you? Welcome back to Unashamed. We we tell we tell you guys the inside baseball. You know, we film two podcasts when we get together. And so that first one, Dad was chomping at the bits, and so we just dove into the deep end of the pool and got right into our text. But Zach, we didn't have a chance to find out what's been going on with you. I've been doing a lot of traveling. Of course, I'm at the Southern Lair today. I was at a great church uh, in Mobile, which is only about an hour and a half from where I'm at right here. And, uh, man, it was just some really cool folks um, that have a great church and a great atmosphere. I just uh, I really enjoyed being able to be there and kind of share and do what we do. But what what have you been up to? I was in – well, Jace, we were like right next door to each other again and never said hello. Um, I was up in Nashville at a, a – called the NRB, National Religious Broadcasters Trade Show. No, I so think try- I saw you drive by me in traffic, and we blew the horn. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I said, there went Chase's Zach. Move. That's Chase's yeah. move, and Zach. I, he said, blow that horn. Missy was driving. I said, blow the horn. She said, why? Because I said, he'll get his feelings hurt because I didn't call him and say, hey. <laughs> oh, that's a step up, actually. You actually, there was an encounter, at least. I mean, I didn't see you, but uh, there was, there, I'm, I'm glad. I did hear someone honk at me. Yeah, that was me. That was yeah. you in Nashville. It was which, good to uh, talk to you again and catch up. Good to see you, brother. It really <laughs> is. I was I was up there all week uh, trying to find the, out the latest technologies on podcasting and all that all that stuff. So uh, it was good. You know, met a lot of good people. But to be honest, I was avoiding you because I didn't want you to say, hey, come on over to the NRB. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got some people you need to meet. I got a, a meet and greet set up for you over here. Come on, people. Yeah, meet that's you. what we get into. We were seeing the grandkids and having different meetings and uh, yeah. meeting a lot of uh, my son's friends. They were all over. And one of his good friends is the preacher at the church where they're going. He, he's such a young guy, young looking guy. Too. I mean, he looks, of course, it's just a sign that we're all getting old. Yeah, exactly. Because he's like, you know, I'm the preacher. And I'm like, well, what are you, 25? <laughs> he's like, actually, I'm 34. But even that, he looked, he looked younger. But I'll tell you, I I heard him preach, and I'm talking about you talk about a Bible uh, knows the book. I just I told him I was like, if I knew the Bible like you at your age, good where's treat. he going to church at? What's the church? Oh my goodness! Now you ask me, and I cannot think of the name <laughs> off the top of my head. But I will I will do some I will do some research. How about this I re- send my more. wife a text? So I was my the church I was at is called South Coast Church in. Um, in Mobile, and it was interesting because Lisa and I we have some new material we're doing for marriages, and it's from our marriage refresh that we did a few weeks ago, and it's called True Grit, which is an acronym for marriage. And so, grit, and you'll like this, Jace, was grace, radical obedience, intentionality, and transparency. And we talk about how those things cycle through in a marriage and, and what you have to do. And so they had just had a men's thing there and, and their thing was true grit. So it's kind of one of those deals where you go someplace and they didn't talk to you about what you brought in, which is kind of a, a God moment, I guess. And we were meeting folks and signing some books. And somebody told me that Willie was going to be in Mobile this coming weekend at another church. So I guess the Robertsons are, are – uh, sharing the good news in mobile which must must be a good thing taking over mobile there you go well then the week before that i was in georgia at another conference so it's been yeah it's been routing our kids are doing american idol uh they're gonna i think they're gonna be on the march 3rd episode so if you want to catch uh max and layla you can check them out on march 3rd on on uh abc yeah well and i had to ta- i've been taping it because i was told they were going to be on so i don't watch american idol so i watched like an hour of it then i texted melissa and i was like are they going to be on this episode and she said well the, it's the first two or three i was like oh man why didn't somebody but, tell well, me our, that yeah it's funny because like our background is is in tv so i know enough to know you know you, you don't know i mean you, you don't yeah. know how these things you know, poor, you may film for, think about how much you guys filmed with Duck Dynasty and then you're oh, like, yeah. oh, that never made it in. So you never know, but, but they were told they're going to feature them on March 3rd. So you can hear, hear the kids singing. So all roads lead to Nashville right now, it seems like. 
Such and, a uh, such a good name for biblical <laughs> theology. It's, it's a good biblical name yeah. for a show. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you want to hear something cool? My, <laughs> I sent my kid to Has a that already place happened? called American Idol. Yeah. Uh, well, they're in, it's in, they're in the midst of it now, so they'll they're gonna get, they're gonna air their episode on uh, March the third. So I'll get Dan to come down there and figure out a way. We'll get Dan to yeah. figure out how so you can watch it, Dad. He just told me about it. I thought that was pretty interesting well look and just the fact that you know they're on that show tells you their ability that they have you know given them from god and uh and through genetics i guess because the all the dashers can seem pretty good and but they they're amazing i mean i have to say i I, it's harder for you zach i guess to brag since they're your kids but i but i can tell you they they inspire me every time and when they're doing worship and they get with me and some of our other people who can sing in our family. It's it's inspiring. I mean, there's it's, some singers. There's we some got singers. some singers. We got some Jubal, Dad. We got the from the line of Jubal somehow came through the, yours. I, the, yeah, the Robertsons can sing. I mean, it's. It, I mean, people. I mean, I've, I've heard all you guys. He's I mean, the father of all who play the stringed instruments. And maybe the flutes Jubal. or something. Uh, yeah, Jubal. Jubal. And he seems to come up about every other podcast. <laughs> He does. He makes his way. Where's that at? Because I know people are like, who are they talking Genesis, about? Genesis 5. Genesis, Genesis 5. Genesis, read Genesis 5. Genesis 5. And we've had some singers on. Uh, we had uh, Megan was on not too long ago and sang a song, and she was great. Dad had to give her the, the, jubil, the yeah. jubilation. We, we had the Shanes. Uh, Mac Powell wants to come on from Third Day. And, yeah, we got to get Mac uh, on here. Mac Powell Band. I don't forget what they call him now, but uh, um, we're gonna, we got to get him on here. We've got quite a few. That, that's that song that he sang when we were on the K Love thing. Yeah, that was a that is a song. I, I can't good. I can't remember the name of it, but he's like up and he's preaching, you know, and then the song and he sang it with somebody else. But man, that that it, I got fired up. I was I was jumping out of my seat on that. And there's a, another country music singer, Larry Fleet. He's blowing up right now. He's uh, actually listens to the podcast. So oh really? We need to get Larry if you're listening. We need to have you on too. So. Yeah, get your people to reach out to our people. Well, my yeah. point was about bringing up this young preacher. So, and since he's friends with my son, I, I probably I did something I probably shouldn't have done. But you know how after you preach, he, he we were sitting right beside where he was sitting. So when he came down, after, and they kind of end after the sermon. That's it. And uh, I I was like, wow. You know the the Bible knowledge was incredible because it felt more like a Bible class. I mean, he preached, but and they're they're doing the Book of John. But I said, look, you know what I wish I would have had when I was your age. I wish I would have had a group of people that I have now, because we you got to think about what we do as y'all being podcast listeners. We basically preach four sermons a week because we yeah. do four podcasts a week. And so, you know, the first year that we did this podcast, I just showed up. But after about a year, I thought, you know, I think I'm going to have to get back to studying. Because <laughs> when you're going book by book by book. We're, we're so, tackling the whole Bible, Jay. <laughs> you know, we are talking about the Word of God. Let's try That's to get that. this right. And, and yeah. the things that are confusing or difficult, let's just have a conversation about it to trigger the listener's thinking. But what I what I recommended to him, I said, do you have like people that you can bounce things off of when you get into difficult passages, you know? And he said, well, I, you know, I have my dad and, and he said he went back to his training, uh, you know, the Bible school that he went. And I said, well, I'm going to recommend. I said, and I don't mind being one of those guys. I said, if you ever because it can become overwhelming because yeah. I'm like, I don't want a person to be standing before God. And he's like, what were you thinking on this? And it's like, well, them duck dudes down there sent me, <laughs> you know, sent me da- down the rail on this thought and I got it wrong or whatever. So uh, I just recommended, I said, look, especially in a context of being the preacher, it can be overwhelming. And you see a lot of, a lot of preachers. I don't know what the word is. Al. What would you call They, they don't, they just. It becomes overwhelming to them yeah. week in and week out, and, and yeah. they run out of a, gas. Or it's a bit of a grind, you know, because you're having to just do it and put it out there every single time, and it's but, not that easy. Yeah, what I was going to recommend because I recommend that to him, but I recommend it for everybody. 
you know, when you have conversations with people, and, and this has to be done on purpose. You know, I have, I have three or four guys. I talked to one on the way down to this podcast this morning, and really, we don't do anything other in life, in life besides talk about the Bible. But he's really smart. Y'all know who he is. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'll call him because he, he just, every day, he's in the Word. And yeah. so I'll come up with some crazy idea about seeing a connection from the Old Testament to the New Testament, and I run things by him. I call him the human concordance. But having those kind of relationships, I think, help you learn on a daily basis. And that's why last podcast, I brought up this idea about miracles, because it is about Jesus. This is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and it was the, the birthday of the church, you know, in the Jewish world. But a lot of people read Acts 2, and they want those miracles. They're they're like, what is, I want to talk about these miracles and is that happening in modern day? And it would be easy to avoid that because it is a difficult thing to explain how miracle God used miracles to point Jesus as having authority and being from heaven. And then the apostles seemed to do the same things and then they passed it on to the church. So it's a natural thing. But I'm glad yeah. you brought that up. I read this and it occurred to me because I baptize a lot of people. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? You say anything miraculous about what you're fixed to read? No, it, it's a miracle. By no means. We died to sin. Uh, that's interesting. We, we did what? You died to sin. A lot of people standing there watching this would say, Oh, there's nothing to that, but to believers, it's everything's in that. We we live. How can we live in it any longer? If, you, if, if we died to sin, this is Romans six. Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? You say that would take a miraculous happening right there. Well, you have to believe it. We were therefore buried with Him through baptism into death. You're like. Say what? In order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead, literally, and through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. That would be miraculous. If we've been united with him in his death, I mean, when you're baptized, we'll certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. That's a miracle. For we know that our old self, was crucified with him, Lord, the Lord Jesus, so that the body of sin might be rendered powerless, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. Those four people that I baptized yesterday, they died to sin. Well, if you believe that, you, you're forced to believe in the miraculous. If we died with Christ, we believe we'll also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has its mastery, master over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves. It would be miraculous, the dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. I just think we take it not seriously enough just by owing Oh, and you know, bowing down to God. No, it's a good point, Phil. Because and you're, you're that person you are. It's it receives the Spirit of God, and all your sins have been removed. But your point is how you use the word miracle, which I think is a good point. That's just a, so. Just a thought. Lisa and I spend uh, a lot of our time traveling around the fruited plains of America. Uh, really speaking on behalf of the unborn, uh, Lisa had an abortion uh, when she was a teenager, and she talks openly about that and how it affected her emotionally, uh, physically, and, of course, spiritually. And so we share that everywhere we go. Um, Jace, all of us, I think, have a role in trying to save and protect life, and you, you and Missy have as well. Yeah, look, I mean, we've been fostering a baby for a couple of years, and even yesterday when I was in the airport, you know, people, we we get to be who we are in public. 
on TV shows and the podcast. And it was interesting that a couple that I'd never met handed me their baby to take a picture. And there was a woman beside us who didn't know who I was, who looked at this like, what is going on? (laughs) Because they said, do you know these people? And I said, no. But it was an opportunity to say, you know, about our faith in the Lord. And we believe that that he is the author of life and every good and perfect gift comes from above. And the best thing on this earth are little babies. I mean, they are masterpieces. Well, and that's exactly what uh, the ministry of preborn, uh, one of our sponsors, uh, that's what they're all about. Uh, they're all about helping us be able to focus on the most important and pressing issue of our day. And that's the lives of the unborn. Uh, what they do is they empower young expectant mothers in crisis to choose life uh, they've rescued hundreds of thousands of babies uh, through ultrasound, uh, which, you know, that that is the moment uh, when when a young woman hears the, the heartbeat of her child, uh, it, it changes most women. And so that's what they're doing uh, whenever they're whenever a young woman is considering abortion and they visit a preborn center. She gets to hear her baby's heartbeat and then meet that precious child on an ultrasound. And it's a divine encounter. And we know that. And so we love working with these guys, uh, trying to save lives. Preborn has a passion to save unborn babies from abortion and see women come to Christ, because ultimately that's the goal as well, uh, because it's going to change your life. Over the past 15 years, preborn centers have counseled over 450,000 women considering abortion, and they've helped to save over 200,000 babies, which is a great blessing. So if you want to help these guys out, donate by dialing pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250, keyword baby. Or you can go to preborn.com slash unashamed. That's preborn.com slash unashamed. Get involved and help these guys. You being saved is a supernatural, miraculous act of God. But when you talk about, when you talk about miracle signs and wonders, when when Peter preached that that sermon, he was talking about these things that happen along the way, like someone who you know is speaking a language he's never studied, or well, that's a that's a sign and a wonder. It, you're you're wondering, yeah. Yeah. well, how did that happen, and what were the purpose? That's why I read that Hebrews two. The purpose it was God testifying that this is legit. Yep. Yeah. But now, you know, when you have the word of God, you you have those signs that pointed to Jesus being legit. And when you think about what you have, which he also said many times that we don't talk about, is he said, you, you'll be my witnesses. And the fact that we brought up the fact that the, the apostle that took over Judas's role, he had to have been with them in the beginning. He had to have seen these things. Because over and over he says witnesses, even in his sermon in in Acts 2 and verse 32, it says, God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of the fact. And, And the point I'm making is, this is not a philosophy. This is not a theology following Jesus. It's based on, they're not saying, you know, just if you just took something in life, like, you know, there's a tidal wave coming and and you go and say, you know, I think scientifically there may be a tidal wave coming based on your analysis and thinking. No, these are people that saw a tidal wave coming and then ran to the people that was in the path and said, hey, it's coming. We saw it. And I, I think that's very significant it is. that it, it is based on these witnesses and you, and you can read it. So the role today, you know, to say that God doesn't work supernaturally in the lives of Christians would be absolutely false. And, and that's why I brought up prayer. And there's been instances over and over and over. But every time it seems to be where they wanted these gifts, these signs and these wonders, you know, Paul in 1 Corinthians 13 and 14 and 15, he seems to say, don't don't be pursuing that. It's causing chaos. Even though they had that ability at the apostles' hands, he's saying pursue love and faith and, and hope. 
let me remind you of the gospel, you know, and when you do that, he was, he was, he was kind of chastising them on pursuing the gifts of the Holy Spirit without putting Jesus at the center and the fruits of the Holy Spirit coming in your life, which comes from the indwelling. So we can go through that if we want to, but I just thought I'd bring it up because it is confusing. Well, yeah, I think too, if, if you know, Paul says in first Corinthians chapter one, he says that the Jews, verse 22 demands signs, which I would equate that to give me, give me some, yeah, we want to, we want to see something happening here. And the Greeks demand wisdom. So that's the intellectualism, maybe on the other side of the, you know, super charismatic is experiential. And then super cognitive would be, or give me all the, the, the give me all the theology. But Paul says we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and folly to the Gentiles. But to those who are called both Jew and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God, for the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. I just I think that again we we got to point back to who is Jesus in all of this, and is our experiences and our study is it leading us to um, to a to a a relational encounter with Jesus? And, and by relational encounter, what I mean is it's not just a novel experience. I mean that it's got to be more than that. I mean think about trying to build a relationship on a novel experience, but but we do that, and I think in the process sometimes when you do what Jace is talking about and you and you chase the miracle instead of the miracle giver, man, there's been a lot of people that have been hurt by that. A lot world, of you listening. The world calls it foolishness in that text. Well, yeah, because it seems weird because, look, you have the Holy Spirit. It's a guarantee for you to be resurrected. Romans 8, 11, the same spirit that raised Jesus. I would borderline miraculous. So I think the problem is, is when you think about what we have in Christ, we have this word, which is the more you read it, the more you're sure that this happened. It is based on witnesses. It, it's too documented and too historical and makes too much sense to be made up. Which yeah. is, One thing stood out yesterday during the time we were baptizing those people, one thing stood out with all of them, tears. Exactly, which was tears. the you point I was going to make, though, is you have the Word of God, you have the Holy Spirit in you that is counseling you, confirming what you heard, tears guiding you. Thing. But look, but then you also, and you have the guarantee of the resurrection, you have Jesus exalted at the right hand of God, but you also have the call to suffer for God's people. And I think that's why you don't see the modern day signs and wonders like you did in this day, because people do die. Babies do get cancer. Bad things happen. And I think all that is is a sign to the verse right before what you read, Phil, Romans 6, that we're in Romans 5. I'd like to read that. You say, what is this, the sign that sin is reigning in this world? You say, what is the sign? In Romans 5, verse 20 says, the law was added so that the trespass might increase, but where sin increased, grace increased all the more from Jesus's perspective, because that's why he came to die. But watch what it says. So that just as sin reigned in death, you say, how do you know sin reigns in the world? Because people die. That's it. So also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so that's why Jesus is at the right hand of God. The Spirit indwells people that have sinned because we came to Christ and he washed our sins away. But he washed our sins away on the cross. It wasn't based on our performance or anything we ever did. But that promise of having the Holy Spirit and the resurrection doesn't mean that we're not going to suffer. Go out there and share Jesus and see what's going to happen or just live life. Bad things are going to happen. We're living in a, a sin-filled world where evil is present, but God chose to use us just like he did 
Jesus being here in his ministry in Luke, he was going around and he, he was addressing all this. And I think it makes you realize that that wasn't God's intention. When he first entered the garden, there wasn't any of this suffering. It wasn't there. That's right. What caused the suffering? Man's sin. Yep. And then what happened? People started dying because they were separated from God and separated from that tree of life that was helping them yeah. stay alive. Yep. And so here we are. This was a world where it wasn't designed by God that way, but through our free will and choice, we chose that. And all of a sudden you have all that. You live in the world and you can, you can, you can duke with it, with this. Yeah. Cause I think people think if they're sold on having the miracles happen in their life, they come to Jesus and they say, Oh, well, he's going to heal all my ailments. Uh, he's going to keep anything bad from happening. And then about, you know, a month into this, they're like, well, this didn't work. This, this is this is terrible. <laughs> you know, it didn't take care of all my problems. And the point is, Jesus being at the right hand of God, you know that that in the ultimate end, all this is going to be made right. So what's the point in between? We got work to do through God's spirit, despite the suffering Despite the bad things that are happening, we're saying, look, there's a lot of comforts that are going to happen at living in Jesus, but you might, you know, have your head cut off because you're out there proclaiming Jesus. But it's because of the battle that we're involved in. Read Hebrews 11. I mean, Hebrews 11 is pretty clear. I mean, it's, 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 a, it's not a picture of, hey, come to Christ, and man, it is going to be amazing. I mean, you read Hebrews 11, it's like, it's, it's pretty depressing, actually. You look at all the heroes of the faith and how they, they died. And as you were talking, I was thinking about every single person that was healed that I can think of in the New Testament. Every blind man that was healed, guess what? He can't see right now. Every cripple in the, in the New Testament that was healed, they can't walk right now. Lazarus is not with us anymore, even though he's raised from the dead. And so there was an expert. So those miracles could not have been ultimate. They yeah. could not have been the ultimate point or all of those people would still be with us and they would be completely healed. And the point is, is that the miracles were, were they were temporal. They were in this space and time and they were, they were meant, they had to be meant for something greater than just the actual healing. It had to point, been pointing to something greater or probably a better way to say it, they had to be pointed to some one that was greater. And I think that's the point we're getting to. And when we get to Acts 2, and you do see a lot of miracles happening, that's what's happening before the gift of the Holy Spirit that came at, at the baptism part is that that's a word. Now that, that we do need to hone in on and that we should seek to have the Holy Spirit indwell us. That gift right there is, is, is essential for salvation. You cannot be um, a Christian if God's spirit doesn't live in you. I mean, Paul's very clear about that, 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 that the spirit is, indwells those who are sons and daughters of God. So yep. we should seek the, the spirit to come in us because we want to be the temple. I want to be a living stone built on the cornerstone. I want to, I want to experience God's presence. I want to be uh, in an intimate relationship with God and 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 I want and 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 what God offers us is an intimacy that's well beyond just the physical Jesus being here walking around with his disciples. And what he told them is I got to leave and and he, he says if I don't go he's not going to come. But when he does come he's going to convict the world about guilt, righteousness and judgment. And when he talks about the righteousness part and I think it's in John 16 he says about righteousness because he says I'm going to the Father where, where you could no longer see me. And, and I, I've, I've thought about that passage a lot and what it has to do with the Holy Spirit. Because when God is with them, when the bridegroom is with them, yeah, I mean, he's right there next to you all the time. You're not going to, yeah, you, you're not going to be tempted. You're, it's going to be easy to live the right way when I got Jesus right here next to me. But Jesus is like, I'm leaving. But when I leave, I'm going to send the Spirit and he's going to live in you. So my presence is going to be with you in a very tangible way. So I do think that... Um, when we, when we, if we see miracles, they should point then to Jesus, and then by receiving Jesus and, and His invitation into His kingdom, then we, then we also get the connection with Him through His 
spirit that he sends to live in us. So it's all, it's all linked together. You can't separate it. So you, and you see that we're, we're making the same point about miracles, about missing Jesus through having faith in a miracle that Jesus made the same point about the scriptures. Even remember when he told them, he said, you diligently search the scriptures because you think you can find salvation in them and you yeah. miss me. Yeah. So we're making the same point. He made that same point, even about scripture. It's like scripture is only good if it points to me. <laughs> yeah, I think we're missing the big picture, though. I mean, the big picture is all the miracles that Jesus did for all those people, they all died. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you're like, so if you're going out there and saying, if I could just have a miracle, then you get the miracle. And then 20 years later, you die outside of Jesus. Well, then what? Well, you missed it. Yeah. And I think the part we're not addressing is he gives us his Holy Spirit. We have a vocation. It's not that he just saved us. He gave us a job to do, which is to reveal him on earth right now. And when you do that, it's going to be just like Jesus. You're you're going to suffer. See, a lot of people, too, would say there was a when y'all started talking about that, there was a roar in the distance. That was that the Holy Spirit? I said, no, there's our buddy out there on the four wheeler. <laughs> Somebody just pulled up. Yeah, on a four wheeler. I was I was trying to put that together. That's pretty good. I didn't Somebody, hear the roar. I didn't hear the roar was either. Him? You said no, the four wheeler. One of our brothers was on. Yeah, somebody yesterday gave a when I was in the airport. They gave a baseball analogy of uh of our podcast, you know, and it's like Al's the you know the pitcher, and it it, it got a little weird. But they said it all <laughs> to say, and Phil's the left fielder. I said, "Why is he the left fielder?" He said, "Because every time he says something, it comes from left field." <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. That's pretty yeah. good. But, left fielder, Dad. But the the point is, uh, you know, these when you read the the hub of what Peter is preaching, and he and he started off, which we spent a lot of time talking about him being accredited by, you know, yeah, miracles, I'd be wonders, right and signs. Then left field. Well, <laughs> noted. But then he gets on the next verse when he gets to twenty three. Yeah. He said this was God's set purpose and foreknowledge, which yep. Ephesians talks about that. This, which shows you, even though. Love is never mentioned in the book of Acts, which I think is interesting. That shows you God's love in action, right? Yep. There. He yep. did this because he loved us and he wanted us to live forever. Big time. So when you look at our role now and, and the reason we are willing to suffer and the, really, the reason bad things do happen, it is because saint, uh, sin and the evil one is... You know, the the evil one has us, uh, what's the verse that says we're prisoners of sin in Galatia, uh, Galatians? Yeah. I mean, he is roaming around in this power. It is evidence that sin is reigning, but it's also evident because Jesus is at the right hand of God that spirit-filled people have a message to those that are suffering, to those that are breaking, broken, to those who are under the control of the evil one. That's the part we struggle with because we don't want to suffer. Galatians 3.22, nice job, Maddie. The scripture declares that the whole world is a prisoner of sin. Well, what are we going to do about it? Nothing. But here's what God did about it. He poured out his spirit and said, and Jesus ascended at the right hand of God, and we're out giving the keys to unlock those prison doors through Jesus and give the Holy Spirit, even though that doesn't mean everything's going to be rosy. But it will be rosy. But I think it's more of a just an acknowledgement of that even though we're going through this, we know that just like Jesus's body, it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. So he reigns because of that reason right there. And yeah. we're confident and bold for the same reason. So Galatians 3.22, it reminded me of dad had one of the greatest lines ever when we were in Angola prison 
and he's speaking to the whole prison because we had about 800 people in the room with us, but he's speaking on closed circuit TV to everybody, death row, everybody. And he read that verse, or actually, Dad, I think you quoted that verse. You said the whole world is a prison of sin. Then you looked at looked in that camera and you looked at those folks in that room and you said, just because you're under lock and key doesn't mean that you can't be set free. That yep. was your open that was your opening line. And I mean everything else that you said, they listened to intently. And I believe it was because of that opening line, because it was so true. Because you were speaking to people who were locked up in prison. But you you were, your life. point was for life. But you don't have to be locked up from Jesus, and you can live from wherever. I thought that was really good. I don't know, Jason. It just reminded me of that moment. Yeah. That was really solid. Well, last podcast you brought up, you know, Peter bringing up the fact that this had been pointed to by Joel and David. And I found yeah. one, of these, uh, one of these references very interesting because in Acts 2.34, right after he said, Jesus has been exalted to the right hand of God. He's poured out. Jesus has poured out this promised Holy Spirit. It's what you now see and hear. And then he said, for David did not ascend to heaven. And yet he said, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Well, that's Psalm 110. And so when I went over and looked at Psalm 110, I thought, ooh, because yeah. I didn't realize that that's the first verse. Yeah, there's some good stuff in there. Yeah, he, he says that in Psalm 110, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies a footstool for your feet, which is what I brought up about. The reason you need a king is because of your enemies. And that sin and death, they're not going anywhere without Jesus. They're just not going anywhere. That's it. The powers of this evil world, they're not going anywhere without Jesus. But then when he said in verse 5 of Psalm 110, I mean, uh, verse 4, it says, The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Well, who's mm -hmm. he talking about there? Who is David? How many years ago was this? Well, this is 1,500 years before Jesus. Well, who is this Melchizedek? Yeah. Well, when, when you go read Hebrews 7, you'll see that Melchizedek, because of they, they were unsure of his ancestry or origin, he became a king, the king of Salem. You can go look that up in the, in the Old Testament and read Hebrews 7. But it makes a comparison in Hebrews 7 that Jesus came in that order because even though you can trace his human ancestry, well, he was also the son of God. And it says he became... Our priest, I think this is uh, Hebrews 7. I'll get the exact verse. But it says, by the way, Jace, that Salem was ancient Jerusalem. It was the very site that Jerusalem was now on as this conversation was being had later. So to, to your point, I mean, it was exactly a yeah. shadow or a copy of Jesus. Yeah, because Melchizedek was a, a priest and a king. That's right. And priest and a, a king. Yeah, which... so Jesus, priest and a king, and um, Melchizedek was not um, from the tribe of of, uh, of Levi. That's right. It was, was pre-Levi. Yeah, so, and neither was Jesus. Right. Yeah, and it says that in Hebrews seven fourteen, it says, it is clear that our Lord descended from Judah, so they're talking about his human ancestry. And in regard to that tribe, Moses said nothing about priests. And you say, well, what is this? This is boring. Hang on. Just keep reading. <laughs> Verse 15. And what we have said is even more clear. If another priest like Melchizedek appears, one who has become a priest, not on the basis of a regulation as to his ancestry. Here's the key moment. Drum roll, please but on the basis of the power of an indestructible life. Yep. And that's why, so when he referred to Psalm 110, well, they all knew Psalm 110. We don't know yep. Psalm 110. So it's like, that's oh, right. yeah. Oh, yeah, David said that. But when you go read <laughs> Psalm 110, you say, wait a minute. There was a human that became my representative. Which, I mean, priest is just a fancy word of saying someone speaking, you know, for me representing me who who became my priest based on the fact that he had an indestructible life 
well, I need to find out who that is and walk yeah. with him, love him. Get on board. I need, and that's why earlier in his sermon when he said it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. This is this, you're talking about the greatest sermon ever preached. He introduced a being that came through human history. You could check, trace his ancestry with some mystery because he also came from a virgin. And then all of a sudden, when when Rome said, "Yeah, let's kill him. He's a threat. You know, he's he wants to set up some kingdom. So here's what we do went to our enemies because anybody who's deemed a threat." which is why I said are the earthly kingdom. The only reason we have earthly kingdoms is because they snuff out all enemies yeah. to their kingdom. But Jesus, the enemies he snuffed out were not these little people with swords. His enemies were actually sin and death. Yeah. And it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. So I, I just thought that when they heard that, because we're going to get to verse 36 when he said he's made him both lord and christ there, there's your theme for this sermon jesus yeah. has the authority he's lord and king he's prophet priest and king all these things put together the ultimate one well when they heard this they they were cut to the heart because i guarantee you they made that connection Oh yeah, and you think about the how that connection would even have further been understood with all of the prophecies that Jesus gave of the coming destruction of the temple, because this this matters here in this in the in this Hebrews text. I'm glad you brought it up because when he he's making the case here that you really do need a priest that's not a priest based on his human ancestry, and and the reason why one of the reasons why is because there is no Levitical priesthood anymore because you don't have any, you, you can't, I mean, you can't really trace any of the records anymore because all of the records were destroyed in AD 70. And so you have this idea now that Jesus is coming in as a priest, not in that order. It's not on his human ancestry, but on the, like, as you mentioned, verse 18 says the, the former regulation is set aside because it was weak and useless. For the law made nothing perfect, and a better hope is introduced by which we draw near to God. And it was not, uh, and it was not without an oath. Others became priests without an oath, but he became a priest with an oath. When God said to him, "The Lord has sworn and will not change His mind," you are a priest forever. Because of this oath, Jesus has become the guarantor of a better covenant. So we're moving into what, what's called covenant theology here. Uh, now there have been many of those priests since death prevented them from continuing in office, but because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. He's never going to expire. His priesthood is never going to expire because of the resurrection. Therefore, he is able to save completely. Why? Because he he's a permanent priesthood. Those who come to God through him, because he always lives to intercede for them. Such a high priest truly meets our need. Yeah. One who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted above the heavens. Unlike the other high priest, he doesn't need to offer sacrifices day after day, first for his own sins and then for the sins of the people. He sacrificed for sins once and for all when he offered himself. There's the crucifixion. For the law appoints as high priests men in all their weakness, but the oath, the covenant theology, which came after the law, appointed the Son, who has been made perfect forever. That and that, I, I think all of that is is in that Psalms uh, one ten that you mentioned that they probably would have understood on some level, Jace. That's a really exactly. Good point. Which is which is why I made the point that Jesus is better than miracles. Look, you have God's ear through prayer. You're declared innocent. You're indestructible. You have God's Holy Spirit in you. So whenever you get down and bad things happen and you're suffering and it doesn't look like God is within a million miles of you, these are the things that we encourage one another with because that's what Peter is even doing in the first sermon. He brought up the role of miracles. He, he, he brought this up. But what eventually happens to all these guys that are preaching this? They all die. They all yep. die. They're martyred. Bad things happen. Is it over? No, he's indestructible. 
it makes you fearless. And that's why I keep focusing on our vocation. And what I mean, that's a fancy word of saying what we're supposed to be doing now. This was God's plan for us on the earth. He created us. He redeemed us. He drew us to him. We understood the message. We have this book. Somebody shared with us. We surrender to Jesus. We get God's spirit. And then we go out there like an army, you know, Ephesians 6 says, and we we give people the answers to suffering and sin in, in Jesus. This is just what we do. Jason, since you brought up Psalm 110, there's another nugget uh, after Melchizedek. He says in verse 5, the Lord is at your right hand. He will crush kings on the day of his wrath. So he goes right out of the priesthood back into this idea of him being a king. He will judge the nations, heaping up the dead and crushing the rulers of the whole earth, meaning that he rises above all rulers, all kingdoms, everybody. And then the variant reading in verse 7, which is, I think, more accurate to the to the original language, the one who grants secession will set him in authority. Therefore, he will lift up his head, meaning that God Almighty is the one who grants secession, not just in the physical line of how we think. And so the idea is, is that God had planned all along for him to be both priest and king, something he made against the law, ironically, for Israel, because he knew men were corrupt both on the priesthood side and on the king side. So he, he kept those separate. You could not be a priest and a king in Israel. David wasn't. None of the kings weren't. But Jesus is because he's incorruptible. And and that becomes the whole point. So, so to, the, to your point, Jay, Psalm 110, as that was quoted in this sermon, had a huge and heavy meaning to the listener. I mean, they, they got it. They were like, oh, wait, which is why to dad's point, when you get to verse 37, when they heard this, they're cut to the heart. I mean, Peter knew exactly by the power of the Holy Spirit where to go to get the cut to the heart. I mean, he, he went back to everything that had ever been taught, everything they had looked at, everything now they had experienced just 40 days earlier in Jerusalem. And many of those were the ones yelling, crucify him. And now here they are cut to the heart saying, what do we do? How do we... How do we escape what we've always known to get into what you're talking about? That that was their response: complete submission in the moment. Man. Yeah, the the let all let all the house of Israel therefore be certain that that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Yeah. So he he's summing up their entire worldview and everything that they had been looking for. Everything they had put their hope in, all of it is being summed up in the person of Jesus, and he and and they're seeing it, and and then and then he's like, and you killed him, and you killed him, and you killed him. That's right. I mean, I mean that that that's why Ooh. they were cut to the heart, and yeah. and you know we could we can look at that and say, well, glad I'm not those guys, but I mean, but no, it, it, this speaks to us too. You know, like everything we've been looking for, everything that we've searched for, everything that is realized in Jesus, and yet our sin killed him, like we killed him. And so when we hear this, like it's not just for Israel, it's for us too. We are guilty of, of the death of Christ. As Gentiles, we are guilty for the death of Christ. He died for our sins as well. And so we, we have to hear that and, and, and allow the Holy Spirit to cut our own heart if we're going to come to any real entrance into, into his kingdom. Well, I just wanted to put a button on this. Uh, that church was Stonebridge Bible Church in Franklin, if you want to visit. But I just, I, I love the fact that it was, uh, they they study the, the Bible, I mean, in detail. And it's a good preview to what we're going to get to, because I, I've noticed this in the next story we'll get to in Acts chapter 3. But in verse 15, he, he once again says, you killed the author of life. Now, it's the next sermon, and we'll get the context. But it says, but God raised him from the dead. And look what he says there. We are witnesses of this. Yeah. This is not a philosophy. This is. So then he starts bringing up the, the scriptures, the Old Testament scriptures, just like we did in 110. And we got that from Peter. He's the one that did that. And here's what I love about chapter three and verse 18. But this is how God fulfilled. Now, watch this phrase. 
what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Christ would suffer. God said that God was speaking through these people. It was his word, which is why we trust this to be true. And it's really cool to go back and look at how God spoke through prophets and it came true. That's why this is so awesome. And you know what made Jesus the greatest human that ever lived? Whenever he was in the bind, whenever he had the evil one tempting him or people trying to trap him, he went to the scriptures because that was God speaking and he knew he could trust the plan. And the irony of it all, that same Peter would write in his book, First Peter, that men were carried along, these prophets you're talking about, Jace, by the same Holy Spirit that now is being poured out for all men. Yeah, that's the connection I wanted to make. It's both things. It's God's word. You can trust him, and it's confirmed through the Holy Spirit. That's very powerful. So we're out of time, but, Jace, I got an idea. Next time you go back to Franklin for this young uh, preacher, uh, get him one of those T-shirts that says, I could be wrong. Give it to him as a gift. Tell him to wear it under his shirt anytime he's up there proclaiming the good news, and that keeps him humble. So that's, you know. It's I actually a that, good idea, Al. Instead of taking our shirt off and revealing the Superman, yeah, we take off our <laughs> Jesus shirt and say, I could be wrong, so you better listen to Jesus. <laughs> Speaking of I could be wrong, it could be wrong, but I doubt it, uh, is a place to go to pre-order Dad's book. Also, don't forget, we got some great cooking episodes um, that are out now. BlazeTV.com slash Robertson is where you go to get those. And uh, we got some really cool stuff there for you to both learn. And also just uh, see us in our kitchens. What did Jace, what Jace cook? Jace cooked some fish, I think. I can't, Just some fish, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Repent. <laughs> I, I cooked. Well, the, I haven't seen it yet, I Jace. cooked the crappie, which is the greatest freshwater fish that I've ever tasted, two different ways. So it's mm. like a double barrel of the greatest freshwater fish. Double barrel crappie. Some some fish, I think. The ultimate fish. Check it out. BlazeTV.com slash Robertson. See if you you like it. We'll see you next time on Unashamed. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, Subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.